Welcome to the Founder to Mentor podcast. My name is Mike Fada. I'm an entrepreneur with multiple nine-figure exits and a passion for health and mentorship. Join me on the journey where I connect with world-class founder mentors to inspire your personal and professional growth. Let's jump into it. Good afternoon, good evening, good night, depending on where you're, where you're coming in from. I'm your host, Mike Fada, and I'm excited to host Mark Samuel, the founder of I Want Organics. Uh, for all of you joining for the first time, welcome. And for those returning again, uh, thank you for supporting our founder help sessions. Just a bit on the room flow after intros from Mark and I, I'm going to get Mark's thoughts on a couple of topics, and then we're going to be inviting some founders up to the stage to ask Mark or I a question, uh, maybe for some support, uh, maybe an answer, uh, AMA, really. Um, so if you're a natural product founder and have a question, you'll be able to raise your hand, come up on stage and ask that question. This room is scheduled for one hour. We have a hard stop at 9.05 uh, Eastern time because Mark has some things to do in life. Um, and uh, just to say, uh, I'm now hosting this room under the Venture Park Club, uh, which I and several other friends launched with Dragon's Den's Arlene Dickinson. Uh, if you're not already, you can follow the Venture Park Club and stay up to date on our events. Just click on the little green house that's uh, on top uh, and be added to the club. Uh, this is a learning and networking event. The room normally has other natural product founders, uh, but also retailers, distributors, and, and some media. So check out people's profiles, connect with them, and let's see if we can help each other. So for, for those of you that don't know me um, uh, and my journey, I grew up uh, poor with a single mom. I left school at 13 to start working. I wasn't educated about health when I was young and fell prey to the fast food movement and weighed 300 pounds at 18 years old. I started my health journey at 18 and lost over 100 pounds that led me to starting my health food business at 21. Uh, and Manitoba Harvest has the claim to fame of helping pioneer the global hemp food industry. We grew the business to over 100 million in sales. And in 2020, it passed 500 million in lifetime sales with over 16,000 retail partners and millions of happy hemp heart customers. Uh, and very grateful and fortunate that we uh, sold the business twice, the majority in 2015, and then a full sale in 2019 to Tilray for $419 million. And now I spend my time uh, helping other founders to achieve their mission through investment, advisement, mentoring, and board governance. And I'm active on LinkedIn, and you can connect with me there if we're not already connected. So I, I look forward to uh, having this chat with Mark with you all. Uh, I met Mark through LinkedIn, so shout out to the power of networking. Uh, Mark is a health and fitness enthusiast uh, like myself. Uh, a proud dad, a serial entrepreneur, um, and over the last five years, Mark's taken his uh, entrepreneurialism to uh, to the food CPG space with I One Organics, which uh, uh, produces organic, balanced nutrition snacks and uh, and cereals. Uh, again, uh, Mark's pretty active on social, so maybe you've seen him there on his uh, LinkedIn show, Let's Eat, and uh, and also on Monday Mood with uh, with our friend Adam, that's in the audience as well, and and truly is a daily uh, LinkedIn inspiration. Uh, Mark has told me that his clubhouse experience to date have not been great. So I'm hoping that we change that today um, because Venture Park Club and and definitely Natural Product Founders Helping Founders has some, uh, some rules and etiquette that make uh, it, it clubhouse much more friendly. So welcome to Natural Product Founders Helping Founders, Mark. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, you want to give us a, an intro on you and uh, I Want Organics? Sure. Uh, I Want Organics, it stands for I'm Winning on Nutrition. We are an organic legume-based snack company. Uh, people know us for our puffs and our sticks, which is an extruded snack on the savory snack category. Uh, and then we just recently launched our cereal line, 
Um, and so we are found, of course, online, Amazon, Thrive, and our own website. And then we are in retail uh, in Whole Foods in California, Sprouts, Nationally, Kroger, uh, Safeway, and a lot of great regional partners. Awesome. Um, what, what, uh, what, what drove you into food? I mean, you've been in health and fitness for, for, for a while before that I know in some, uh, in, in more product-based businesses, uh, uh, related to, uh, to health and fitness industry, but what, what drove you into food? Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a lifelong, uh, health and wellness enthusiast. So been in the gym for 20, now 21 years. Um, and, uh, I eat, a specific way and have this entire time as well. So I'm, I'm really a big proponent of balanced nutritional and balanced nutritional profiles. So eating proteins, fats, and carbohydrates and all meals and snacks. Um, and I, uh, the last few ventures I was a part of were in the health and wellness space, basically on the product side, but uh, physical products like bags. So I developed some meal management and sport travel bags. Uh, and then about five years ago, I wanted to get into food and beverage. So I made the leap, leap into that and um, knew that I wanted to get into the organic side of the food business. I knew I wanted it to have a protein element to it uh, and or be a part of the balanced nutritional profile, um, a part of a food and food business. So that's what we did. That's how we started. Oh, I think it's great. And I mean, for me personally, just kind of, you know, getting connected with you and, and kind of knowing you, uh, I think it speaks to your why on health and nutrition. You can you could feed that uh, literally to people. So I'm, uh, I like it. And it's similar to uh, to my path on uh, on kind of health is my why. Um, and I'm hoping that everyone listening is eating hemp hearts or has eaten hemp hearts. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to, you know, there's, there's, there's a number of things that you're kind of vocal on. One of them being like, uh, you know, bootstrapping your business. You know, you, we both know that CPG and, and for people that are listening, uh, it's, it's a costly business. How do you balance um, the costs of starting a CPG food business and trying to bootstrap? Oh, you, you, you don't. I mean, if we're just talking the realities of food and beverage, the, one of the biggest things that I've learned over the five years is it's a very expensive business. So uh, I'm, I'm talk openly about it. I think there are two ways that you can develop a business in, in this, um, you know, in this category, which is you can do smaller and stay small as far as farmers markets and hand to hand transactions, just, you know, you make it for one, you buy it for two, that type of thing. But if you want to scale in this business, if you are approaching a direct to consumer model that you want to scale and or you want to approach retail, as far as scaling, you need a lot of money. Uh, and I'm not shy about talking about it. You, you need probably five times more money than you originally thought. And then I'd probably times that by five as well. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the uh, it's not the cheapest uh, way to go. It's not the cheapest business for sure. Um, hey, what you, you guys are selling now um, in uh, and you mentioned it there, your customer base, but you're you're online direct to consumer in natural foods with the likes of Whole Foods and and, and Sprouts, and then and then also in, in in some grocery. How do you think about that uh, from an omni-channel approach to uh, to business? And and would you if you're starting again, would you do it any different than you are doing it right now? Or uh, some of your thoughts on that would be great. I wouldn't because I just know my makeup. So I'm, I'm looking to build a big platform here and, you know, in a big business. So I'm kind of all in. Um, I, I would say that if I were, you know, suggesting it, which I, I commonly do is I would stay small. I would be really, really focused on who is the customer and finding out that information early. And then all the things that surround it, you know, is the product good or does it suck? Uh, do people like it or do they not? Uh, is the taste profile there or is it not? 
I would get as much early data as possible and keep it super, super small uh, and then collect the data and then make moves from there. Um, as far as having an omni-channel approach and really wanting to scale, if you're going grocery and natural and, you know, and online, um, you're still doing the same things, which is making sure you understand who your customer is and where they live as far as where they're shopping and attack that area. Um, and getting the data again, all the time, looking at the data, getting data and finding out whether or not you have a viable product, um, one that's moving, one that's, tra- you know, that's turning on shelf. And if so, you know, what are you going to do about it as far as your next moves? I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, and, you know, specific, maybe, um, you know, D to C, I know it's a, it's a meaningful part of your business. You put a lot of effort there. Um, you're promoting it, but, uh, any, any, uh, any learnings, uh, key, key highlights and learnings for, uh, for folks that are just starting out or just are thinking about D2C as part, of their, uh, as part of their brand launch? I think it's very difficult. I think that uh, direct-to-consumer um, has a stigma about it that is uh, very confusing, specifically now, and I think people need to be super careful. Um, uh, it's it's kind of like direct-to-consumer became really so- sexy to talk about. It's not. Uh, It's a very difficult business. It's very expensive. And um, if you do not have the right people or partner or individuals around you who are guiding you in the right way, you're going to waste a lot of money. So a lot of people think about the idea of just throwing up a Shopify account and, you know, and all all the good stuff, which you can keep um, to a minimum as far as a spend. But acquiring customers and the, the, the lifetime value of customers and everything that goes into that, it's, it's a lot, uh, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot more things to deal with than people assume. And specifically, I'd say today with iOS changes and the like, it's becoming a very, very difficult business uh, to figure out and to profit from. So I'd be super careful. Those are, those are good points. It's, um, you know, thanks. Uh, thank you. Yeah, you know, I think that anyone that's following you on LinkedIn uh, uh, understands your kind of story. You're you're a uh, you're a social marketer. Uh, I think you've made some commitments to uh, to um, social marketing and kind of what you're going to put out there. But uh, can you talk about how it's impacted your business and and uh, and maybe tips for people that are that are thinking about getting a little more social, uh, both you know personally and for and for their brand. I think it. I think it works. I mean, as long as you're putting out content that has value to other people, I think that's the, the key word that everybody likes to use. But it's very true. So long you're putting out valuable content, something that someone's going to be able to take from you and utilize in some way. I think you can gain followers. Um, I think you can you can have a lot of connections in some ways, um, whether that's on LinkedIn or, or moving across, you know, to other social platforms where people are, you know are creating some sort of brand awareness for themselves as an individual or as a brand. Um, the, the platform for me is, is LinkedIn and I just want to provide value. And I think that, that that's what I'm, I'm there to do and that's what I'm going to be consistent with. So, so that works. Um, being super honest with that value is also key. So a lot of people do come and I believe come over to my page and are following what I have to say because I'm very transparent uh, as far as the dealings with our business and what I believe um, CPG is about and, and, and what's in front of us. And so if that helps others, I, you know, that that's really what I'm there to do. And, I, you know, I, I hope that it continues, in, you know, in sort of in that realm. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I think you, you're putting out authentic, uh, you know, real uh 
real content, things that are happening. Uh, you know, I could say, and I mentioned earlier in the intro, but anyone that's new that's joining, I mean, we wouldn't have connected if it wasn't for LinkedIn, right? Uh, and, and I wasn't on social at all before, but then thought uh, through the pandemic, hey, I'm going to get more active on LinkedIn and, and, and we engage that way. So I think people that are thinking about it, uh, whether it's LinkedIn or some of the other platforms uh, and, and just being themselves and, uh, and putting out their, uh, their, their message, their information about them and their business, their kind of why they're in the business, uh, um, it can be impactful. It can open doors, right? Uh, it, it, and maybe, you know, is there a, a nugget or two that you'd say like, hey, this happened uh, that stands out from you even in the last little bit because of your, uh, because of LinkedIn? Well, I, I would say that every, most retailers that we approach, uh, a lot of the times the first comments are, hey, I follow you on LinkedIn. So that's a win. Um, and I don't know what, they, what they're taking from it, but a lot of times it's followed up with, I appreciate your, you know, your, your positivity and, your, you know, and the messages that you're putting out. I, I, again, that, to support that statement, I think it also has to do, again, with most people resonate with um, the realities of life, right? And, and for me, um, you know, this isn't easy. This is a very, if we're just speaking specifically about CBG and building a business there, it's a very, very difficult business to build. And um, I don't fluff it and I don't intend on ever doing that. So um, it's great to have wins. I mean, today's post was about a win and I think that's great. And you can see all the people who, you know, are supporting you and loving you. And I, it's such a feel good moment. But at the same time, the 90% that you're getting punched in your face, uh, letting people know about that is just as or more impactful. And I think you're just, I think people resonate with that because they recognize that that's really, that, that's the realities of life. Yeah, no, true that. And hey, just by the way, I think that you're uh, you're doing just fine. It took uh, I tell the story, but it took me uh, five years at Manitoba Harvest, the first five years to 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 get to a million dollars in sales. You know, and and I, and I know that uh, you're you're, uh, you're you know you're, you're bigger than that as a business. So uh, and many people don't make it to that million dollar mark, even in in whatever time that they put in. So um, it's working for you, and I think other people can kind of model off of that. So I, I appreciate your uh, your openness there. You, you, and uh, another kind of topic, I guess, that comes up, and I'm a big manufacturing guy, uh, Mark. I've, I've made my living on on actually owning equipment and manufacturing, but uh, it, it's not always the way. And, and and I know you're for your business model, it's it's a co-packed uh, model because uh, you know because of the category and and, and things that uh, they talked about. But it, it, can you uh, can you talk about some of your your lessons in in co-packing and like sourcing co-packers or or, or lessons for new founders listening that are trying to build their supply chain through uh, through Copac? I think it's your most important partnership uh, among many. You know, all your vendors are, are partners and, and you're going to need uh, people to do things for you and bend for you. And uh, But your co-packer, your manufacturer is your, your biggest partnership. And there are so many things that you can do with them that you may not be thinking of. And so I've been blessed. I have a, a relationship with our core mate, you know, core, core co-packer that I believe is second to none. Um, and it's just the relationship, the deep, deep relationship that we built on a personal level. Uh, and I don't just talk at management level. I think that there's um, a lot to be said about how you conduct yourself in business uh, with everybody, uh, those that are on the floor and everybody who's in the upper offices. Um, you, I can't say it enough. You, that partnership can take you and do things for you that you probably aren't thinking of out the gate. Um, and if we can expand on that in so many different ways offline, um, that I'd love to, to help people with it. It really is relationship, relationship driven. Uh, and when relationships are built on, 
um, on familiarity and, and, and trust, uh, you can get a lot of things done outside the box. Yeah, I love it. You know, and there's so many different pieces that whether you whether you own the uh, the the manufacturing yourself and you're and you're kind of in the upstairs office or you're dealing with the co-packer and what you just said, you know, most people would just deal with the executive or deal with the salesperson. Um, but it, it, it's a whole business. There's, there's, there's feelings, there's relationships that could develop there. I've seen your, some of your posts on like, and I've done it with some of the co-packers, you know, Mantle Harvest had was 85% self-manufactured, but we did have co-packers for, for some of our, uh, some of our specialty products and, and like, you know, bringing donuts or bringing treats or products in and, and, and supporting people and, and training people on the floor. And ha- so they understand what the brand and business is all about instead of just running the product on the line. All those things are, are touch points. They take extra work, but it's the work that's so worth it because you develop those true relationships and then in the times of need those usually pay off right um i'm going to give you i'm going to give you a great example that i hope people kind of chuckle at um i've been i go to to 90 of our production runs i'm i'm in i'm at the factory um and people to today still say well i can't believe you do it. why don't you get somebody to do that well because it's the product it's it will make or break the business at this stage so that's a whole separate topic but the people on the floor, the people that are actually working, it's hot. It's, it's, it's down on the production floor. Um, in the early stages, it would have been probably three to four months in before people came up to me to say, I didn't realize you were Mark, the founder. I thought this is verbatim. This is, so people understand this verbatim. I always thought you were just some guy from the company who would come down here and make jokes. There you go. That's that's a story for you. That's a story for you. So you 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 can you can piece that all together. I, I'm I'm there hanging out with with the with with the this the team members of a factory, right? And how you act and present yourself um, is so vital. <laughs> Uh, this go. This is a life. This is a life thing, though. Just it's vital, and um, I just think that uh, it's a very important piece for people to take away. Um, that that it's just important. So there's that. No, I, I love it. I mean, for everyone that's listening, it, that that's how things work. I mean, even even when we again, you know, we were self manufacturers for the majority of it, but you know, at the at the peak, Mental Harvest had two hundred team members. Um, I went down and like worked on the floor, and there were some people that I'd never, you know, hadn't met through onboarding or whatever, and they didn't know who I was in in in, in the business. And and it's it's the same thing, like being able to come down and be in the trenches. That's when you develop the relationship, especially in operations, especially in manufacturing. So I think it's just. It's strategically smart uh, for you to do that. I think it's, uh, you've already talked about it. it's imperative to the quality of the product, to the quality of the relationships and the, and the longevity there. And I think it's, it's something for other founders to really, really think about. It's not easy to do that. You know, you, you, you have to be personable. You have to care. You have to put in that extra effort. But it pays off and like it, it, the dividends are, 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 are forever, you know, um, in, in not only that relationship, but then all the other relationships that develop off of that. Yep. Yep. Hey, you're you're you, you do work with uh, with uh, other brands and stuff. What, what do you what do you look for? And I guess maybe this is you know maybe there's some smaller brands in the audience that would love to uh, to do some some partnership or or, or co branding or co promotion with uh, with I, I want organics. But what do you look for when you're thinking about uh, um, uh, partnering or or, or co promoting with other brands? 
Um, the, I think that the, consu- the, the customer needs to fit. Um, we used to do a lot more quote unquote giveaways on social. We've started to move away from that. We want the, the social giveaways to be a lot more impactful. I think people are getting, get a little ahead of them, you know, take it too far. They're doing one every two weeks, three weeks for, it's just too much. Um, there's also elements to that. That's for a separate topic too, about you think you're grabbing email addresses, but you know, are there, are there value in those? So again, separate topic, but now it's more about meaningful uh, social collaborations that we probably do every two to three months, maybe with a few different partners. And the, the main focus is do our customers, um, you know, are, are they shared customers? So it should be plant-based, maybe organic, um, you know, uh, just low, low hanging stuff when it comes to that. Yeah, um, thanks. And, uh, and so you're open for it. I mean, you're doing less, but uh, if, if, if folks think that they have a good uh, fit with your brand, can they uh, be open for them to reach out and, uh, and pitch you? They can pitch me, and even if they don't think so, we can talk about anything else they want to talk about. Yeah, love that. That's uh, that's awesome. Thank you for listening to the Founder to Mentor podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to check out the links and resources in the show notes. You can help the show, please, by subscribing and leaving a positive review. As always, feel free to get in touch with me on social at Mike Fada. That's it for now. See you next time.